0: What did he say? There's a guy in our quartet talks like no one I've heard yet. He mumbles, mumbles all the time. He's got no reason and he's got no rhyme. What did he say? You know when I got that, What did he say? What did he say? He said bring something round, we'll have a ball today. You are listening to the next voice you hear with Juan Yoon.
1: Welcome to the inaugural podcast of the Next Voice You Hear. I am Juan Yoon and I'm the president of Toronto Creative Agency Bloodlon Rouge Toronto. And to my right is the uh, right hand man, uh, Nevin Ryan. Say hello, Nevin.
0: Hello, humans.
1: So, uh, Nevin is a, a visual artist who uh, we turned into a, a madman uh, over a year ago, maybe two years ago. Maybe a year and a half to his everlasting regret, I'm sure. Uh, we have created a monster. But um, the, the two of us are gonna be uh, your, your frequent hosts on this show where we present fascinating new ideas in the context of what we call the new renaissance that we are living in, in this day and age. And why are we interested in the new renaissance? Uh, well, first of all, we're not just speaking to you as, a, as an advertising agency. We feel that we are part of an era where ideas are emerging at an explosive rate. We love talking about ideas. We love talking about the undercurrents of society and the zeitgeist from pop culture to high culture up and down the keyboard and um, to think about what's going on, the undercurrents in our society today, is a really interesting topic of conversation. We, We never get bored. And that's what we're gonna be talking to you about today is this thing called the new renaissance and why we feel we're living in one. So, my colleague, Penelope Fridman at L'Institut, our strategy division, has uh, she's a brilliant woman, and she also has a very interesting perspective on the time we live in. We recently uh, saw a friend of ours who's uh, an ex-creative director and and quite the oracle and philosopher king in uh, Canadian advertising. His name is Ian Merlin, and he said to us, People who are living in a renaissance often don't realize they are. It's really generations or or centuries later that we look back and say, oh, that was a renaissance. So, for example, 2,500 years ago, there was a 150-year period uh, where you had Socrates, you had the Hebrew prophet Zoroaster, you had the Egyptian civilization, you had the Indus Valley civilization of the the Hindus, you had Buddha in northeast India, you had Confucius and Lao Tzu in China. They were all literally contemporaries of each other. So in this hundred fifty year period, you saw this explosion in uh, human civilization. Really, the birth of what we can call civilization, in many ways, all happened at the same time. We know that in you know from the 14th to the 16th century, centuries, there is a period we call the Renaissance, which was this revival and and, um, reemergence of civilization, a lot of newfound appreciation of Greek and Roman culture, classical ideas, democracy, a lot of these things emerged during that time. It's also important to note that these times are not just happy, happy, joy, joy. So the axial age of Mm -hmm. 2,500 years ago, it's a a term coined by Carl Jaspers to describe that period of incredible explosion of culture and the Renaissance, which was about say 700 700 years ago, were tumultuous times. There are times of, in some cases, cataclysmic change. We have to remember that the, um, the Spanish Inquisition happened during the time we call the renaissance i mean it was all, all, it wasn't all good and it wasn't all positive but it was all huge shifts taking place we think the time we're living in now especially starting in the 90s with the introduction of the internet you know and globalization and all sorts of you know new information and communication technologies we have social media you know google wikipedia and so on and so on and so on that we are living in a new renaissance a new axial age uh so that's the premise of this podcast where we're going to be meeting incredibly interesting and innovative uh women and men who we think are new renaissance women and men you know like the da vincis of our era that that's really what
0: we're about um and just to kind of draw that connection a little bit stronger between the time we are living in now and and the renaissance of old i think one of the greatest or the biggest connections is the printing press, and what Juan mentioned before was social media and the internet. Back in 1450, Johann Gutenberg, he invented the printing press, and that basically revolutionized the way people communicated and shared knowledge. Basically, what happened was people became literate. It became standardized, and that even changed art, science, philosophy altogether and And
1: religion, because up until yes. that time, if you were Catholic and Catholicism being the major religion, up until the Protestant Reformation, which coincided with the Gutenberg Bible yeah. and Martin Luther, you know, um, well, nailing were, like, the manifesto to the doors of the cathedral. People were generally illiterate, and they had passages of the Bible read to them and interpreted to them by priests. Mm-hmm. Once you had the printing press, and people started to teach each other how to read, uh, etc., uh, they were able to read and interpret the Bible for themselves. But it was
0: also the the pamphlets. Like yeah. you could you could print books. But what, like Gerlamo, uh, Savonarola mm-hmm. um, and Martin Luther, what they found out is that you can just print like one page and you can get out all your opinions yeah. and share them and spread them at an exponential rate to the lay people. So really, it
1: made the printing press made knowledge social back yes. in the 15th century. Exactly, and we have a, a new, another revolution in democratizing and socializing mm-hmm. knowledge and and information today. I think today, what's really amazing is the additional element that was missing then is you could form direct relationships today. You can with total strangers and in large groups and small groups all over the planet. Yeah. Uh, and instantaneously in a way that you couldn't do, you know, back then, or or really even in the 20th century. So, uh, I think that instantaneous networking of people with similar interests, you know, uh, all across the world and across, you know, backgrounds and markets and Et cetera, is creating this sense of this realization that we're living in an ecosystem. We've mm-hmm. al- always been in an ecosystem. I don't just mean that physically, but also um, intellectually and now socially, but it truly is making, becoming apparent that we're living in an ecosystem, mm-hmm. you know, that we are part of an enormous, you know, sort of uh, dynamic series of webs of relationships.
0: Yeah, but I think the, the part that's kind of, interesting for us and what is a little bit unknown is what is that where is that going to take us right mm-hmm. like in the older renaissance it was clear that the printing press and other inventions like it they brought thinking and great works of philosophy to the Europeans, and, and even with discovery with Columbus and Cortes and the human art form, uh, the importance of, of man, and man is the measure of all things, that led them to that. What does this whole new burst of technology, this, this fourth industrial revolution, where does it lead us? As Who wants. knows? It's really interesting. And I think actually, you know, Elon Musk is our
1: new Da Vinci. He's our new Columbus, as in, you know, with SpaceX and, mm-hmm. and you know, the exploration of Mars and all these things that he and others are, are actively planning and investing in. that's today's equivalent of, you know, Vespucci or Columbus navigating the planet. Yeah. And, and as well, you know, what he's doing with, with Tesla and, and the electric automobiles, and, you know, um, charging your entire a battery for your house for your and house, yeah. things like that are, to me, the new da Vinci. Oh, and of course. so in, in many ways, I think uh, we're seeing so many parallels to the Renaissance,
0: so it makes sense that we call it the new Renaissance. Yeah, and even in design, we see this, we saw in the 1990s, this kind of reverting back to human-centered design. And I feel like that's just the start of it. And that just draws a very similar parallel to the Renaissance and their whole importance and uh, emphasis Mm -hmm. on the human form and being human. I think you just hit upon a fundamental
1: transition that we're making. Just as people in the Middle Ages going to the Renaissance transitioned from this idea that the Earth is the center of the universe to oh, there's a solar system, the sun's at the exactly. center of a solar system, and there's a larger mm-hmm. uh, universe even beyond that. That and the fact that the Earth is round, so the Earth is not the center of the universe, and the Earth is round and not flat, was a major. Um, change or shift in in the way of thinking mm-hmm. uh, that the Renaissance enacted today. I think the major shift or transition can the, the the central point is the transition from mechanistic thinking of the 20th century of the industrial revolution to ecosystem thinking. Yeah. That, you know, we are living inside, you know, and part of these big ecosystems on, on physical levels, on digital levels, you know, uh, at the ecological or planetary level. Etc. Ecosystemic thinking is much more in line with sustainability. It's much more in line with cooperation versus just competition. It's about triple bottom line, not just single bottom line, not just making a quick buck or your quarterly profits, but what are you contributing to society? What role do you play mm-hmm. as an individual or as a company in society? Uh, we are asking those kinds of questions that we didn't ask in the 20th century. So I think from, from let's call it mechanistic to ecosystem, Ecosystemic and humanistic thinking is really the revolution and not everyone's buying into it. There are people who are kicking and screaming against it. You know, mm-hmm. every revolution, every axial age or, or renaissance has people who who uh
0: rage against it yeah. and want to go back to the old ways and well, insist like that the New earth New is law. flat. Yeah, it's like human's yeah. law. For every action there is an opposite and equal reaction. reaction.
1: That's right. Way to go, invoking physics.
0: Nice. <laughs> My grade, uh, grade 10 <laughs> physics uh, is really coming into play So right now.
1: one of the things about um, the, the Renaissance, and certainly the new Renaissance, Renaissance is the, the definition of a Renaissance man or woman is, has traditionally been someone who is multi-talented, multifaceted, is creative and innovative in, in many different ways, and who is, breaks new ground. In, yeah. in different worlds, not just perhaps one. And so some of the people that uh, we're interviewing for this podcast, like Patrick Pittman, the editor-in-chief of the Alpine Review, you know, we're going to be interviewing filmmakers, you know, like uh, Ridley Scott, who did the 1984 commercial for Apple back in 1984. These are obviously Renaissance men, and we have a bunch of women, you know, that Hmm. we're interviewing as well, who are leading entrepreneurship and innovation, you know, around the world.
0: So... And I think what separates them, too, is they always say that people living in a Renaissance have no idea that they're living in a renaissance in that time. Well, I think they're with, just going to their meetings and raising yeah, their kids. And you know. I think with these people is they do know what's going on. Yes. And contributing to it. Consciously, yeah. yeah. They're they're
1: aware of it. Like Luigi Ferrara, the head of the Institute Without Boundaries at George Brown College, or uh, Valerie Fox, who is a major force in the world of startups and social entrepreneurship, you know, it, et cetera. The other thing about Renaissance men and women is that they blend different disciplines and perspectives really well you know mm-hmm. they are they are sort of polytheistic they uh, they are very versatile they like combinations of ideas that you normally wouldn't combine sort of like a lot of the, the new young chefs you know in the world of food T- today fusion, are combining yeah. different you know um, cuisines and, and techniques in a way that you haven't seen before like you know um, david chang has made noodles really chic with his mamafuku noodle bar etc yeah, exactly. you know and has a television show and is, you know, breaking new ground in, in you know, biochemical molecular techniques and, and so on and so on. I think he's a renaissance man. And quite frankly, I'd like to interview David Chang get him. for this podcast. Yeah, let's let's get, get him. And let's get free noodles. <laughs> So, our our primary goal for this podcast is not only to inspire you with people and and ideas who are amazing, but also to make some of these sort of complex, you can say patterns, tendencies, ideas, perspectives, a lot easier and simpler to understand. There's a famous quote from Albert Einstein that I'm going to completely botch and where he said, a good scientist should be able to take complex ideas and communicate them in a simple manner to any educated person. And in fact, he would say that a scientist that made things sound complicated isn't actually a good scientist, and I would totally agree, having a number of scientists in the family, it's a measure of your intellect uh, when you can take complex ideas and turn them into something that people can carry in their minds easily. Uh, you should not need a master's degree in a, or a PhD to understand what's happening in our society, in our, in our culture, in the world today. And our goal in this podcast is to not make things more complicated, but make things less complicated, make exactly. the, a big picture evident to people. So then you can go into your next meeting or to your next dinner table conversation and, and have something interesting to say and start a debate.
0: hmm And I think that concludes our podcast, our introductory podcast for today. Uh, I'm Nevin Ryan. And I'm Juan Yun. And the next voice you'll hear will be Patrick Pittman from the Alpine Review. So stay tuned and keep your ears open. You've been listening to The Next Voice You Hear with Juan Yun.